2: Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show.
3: They say it's grim at the governor's mansion there in New York. Cuomo is getting so desperate that uh, he's alone in the mansion screaming all day long. I I bet if I looked like Gavin Newsom, they would have liked it. (laughs) a stupid recall and because you know he's popular in the state but the people are not going to come out to vote because they don't think it's that you know it's it's in the bag and it's not newsom's only up by three points but he is up eight with maitre d's <laughs> so, <Hey now>. uh,
4: <laughs> he ate the french laundry you see it was an early dinner I think Bill's a little behind on the polling. Gavin's upside down and this is not a stupid recall. He's utterly incompetent and corrupt. Bill
0: And Axios is reporting that uh, Gavin and his people are taking this very seriously now and consider Larry Elder a threat, which I
4: okay. I didn't I didn't see that coming. And isn't Larry Elder trailing that YouTube guy whose name I can never remember? Laugh Cather. Oh, that's
0: right. That's right. The the most recent polling has that YouTube real estate dude in first place that I don't even know.
4: I got to check him out. I mean, for all I know, he's a savvy businessman and has solid opinions. I I honestly don't know. Or
0: we're a shallow people that barely pay attention and will vote for whatever
4: celebrity's name is on the list. What? How dare you, sir? The FBA, F, FBA, the FAA rather. I'm reading and talking at the same time. Concentrate, Joe. Concentrate. That's better. <laughs> the FAA is cracking down on people already hammered getting on airplanes. How to get around those uh, guidelines? <laughs> Coming up. I, d-
1: I, d- I
0: really hate this because there have been more fights and stuff on airlines, and that seems to be clearly true. They're they're going to make it harder for like regular normal people to drink on planes. I've always hated. Blanket punish everyone for
4: a few bad apples' rules. Since I was Stop a little kid, the hammering. A few Since, bad si- apple teenies, maybe. Huh? <laughs> Since I was
0: a little kid, I'd hate if you got one jackass. We all
4: don't get to do something. Um, sure, and th- that's what they're clearly going to do with the planes. Although this again, this angle is the FAA wants to cut down on people getting drunk in the airport. You're and right. getting on the plane. But
0: if you get drunk in the airport and get on the plane, who's freaking, you're not harming anybody. What? I don't drink anymore, so I got no dog in this fight. But mm. what the hell differences make? 99.9% of people get hammered in the airport bar and go sit in their seat and snooze the rest of the way to Chicago. Don't so you're problems. in
4: favor of the man shouting, my parents have $2 million <laughs> in squeezing uh, air waitresses' breasts as you're in favor of that. You're fine with that. I'm that's favor- okay with you. In your world, in Jack's world, that sort of thing happens routinely. I'm in favor
0: of punishing that, those jackholes to the point that they won't want to do it anymore and leaving everybody else alone. All right. I heard another good term the other day. Somebody told me I'm supposed to use in it. In oh, Jack
4: Armstrong's world, you're on your own. I'll look for it while you're doing your thing. I got a new term better than jackhole, I think. Or it's that's, more pre- popular. that's a pretty good one. It sounds like you shouldn't say it on the air. So uh, okay, here. Well, see, you're looking something up, but I gotta, I gotta have your attention because I need you to guess something. What percentage of Hispanic Americans prefer the term Latinx?
0: Oh yeah, I saw this.
4: What, oh, you saw it already? <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, and it's, it's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Friends, no, actually, it's completely believable. What's unbelievable is that. White college girls continue to use it regardless of
4: what Hispanics want. And NPR and the New York yep. Times and I think the Washington Post, the New Yorker, the usual suspects. Once again, friends, if you take nothing from this show, well, go with a smile and a, a, a song in your heart. But remember, the view you get of America through the corporate media is wildly distorted. I mean, they are a tiny group of people clustered in Manhattan and the Beltway in D.C. who just talk to each other. Anyway, new poll from Gallup, the gold standard of polling, surveyed Hispanic adults on their preferred racial term. Gallup when also asked, the
0: best place to best way to get someplace fast on a horse.
4: <laughs> agreed. When asked which term should generally be used, more than half, 57% of Hispanic adults said doesn't matter to me. <laughs> How do you like that? Not a not just a plurality, friends, a sizable majority said I don't care. I don't ever think about it. Right? I'm trying to make a living. I'm trying to raise my family. I'm trying not to get the COVID. And you freaking college sophomore girls are yelling about who's calling who. Shut up. Just shut up. My Hispanic friends. This the end. The great. This is a bit of a tangent, but the great calculation that I fell for, honestly, that the Democratic Party believed all oh, these Hispanic immigrants. They're all going to become Democrats, lifelong Democrats. That is absolutely not happening. Not going to happen. Might take a little while because the, the Democratic Party is just trying to bribe them into loyalty by, you know, giving away the Treasury. But in terms of, you know, views of life and morality and work and the rest of it, Hispanic people are are, are, are good, solid Republican prospects, I think. To the extent that the Republican Party stands for anything these days anyway. But anyway, so 57% said, I don't care. 23% answered Latinx. No, I'm sorry. 23% answered Hispanic is kind of what I prefer. 15% said Latinx. No, I'm sorry. 15% said, I kind of like Latino.
0: I thought it was interesting that uh, after the don't care, the biggest number was Hispanic. Since I Mm -hmm. had started to feel like, oh, if you say Hispanic, that's... Uncool. You need to say Latino and you got to like, you know, say it with an accent when you
4: say Latino. Yeah, exactly. So you're down to 15% Latino, 4%. The margin for error responded Latinx, please. So
0: I would love to hear somebody at NPR explain how do you continue to say Latinx when 4% Of people who are
4: Hispanic want to be called Latinx. I would love to hear their explanation for that. Because the the poor, dumb brown people have to be told how to live by the enlightened, white, college-educated women. There is a lot of that that there. Oh, it's incredibly condescending and paternalistic. I hate it. I just hate it. So you Um, invented, white people
0: invented a term that they think brown people should be called. And whether they want to be called that or not, we're going to go ahead with it, says NPR and... New York Times and various other groups. That's so
4: weird. Now, if you were a real stats freak, you might say, well, Joseph, you said 57% of people don't care. But maybe a sizable percentage of those people, if they had to choose a term, would go with Latinx. So the folks at Gallup followed up and said, all right, if you have to choose one... (laughs)
0: What sort of weird world am I living in where I have to choose a term I'm going to be called on? But I don't ever really think about being referred to as my race. But
4: go ahead. Right, Right. Well, and the good, hardworking Hispanic people of America rolled their eyes and said, OK, if I have to choose, 57 percent said Hispanic, 37 percent answered latino and only one percent of that that 57 percent who didn't care once they were added back in only one percent was added to latinx five percent
0: wow, 5%. wow. Yeah. so it is overwhelmingly unpopular
4: yeah yeah and and i would i would suggest that Uh, a lot of people, a lot of Hispanic people consider it just ridiculous. It is ridiculous.
0: If I weren't so lazy, this is what I would do today. I would call NPR and keep trying to get further and further up the phone tree to somebody important and and make them comment on this. New new Gallup poll says hardly anybody who's Hispanic wants to be called Latinx, yet when you do news stories about Hispanic people, you always use the term Latinx. Why do you do that? I'd love to
4: hear their explanation. Oh yeah, I'd love that idea. Um, if you're familiar with the whole critical race theory thing, you, you trouble something. You find it problematic. You, you look into the discourses. The idea is that language reflects the attitudes of those in power. So you have to torture language because it's, it's used, to, language controls your ideas. Your ideas don't control your language. Vice versa. And so they always try to find problematic terms and the rest of it that need to be deconstructed. Well, I love this response uh to some... uh, uh Natalie Shure wrote this. I'm no expert on this stuff, but it always struck me as screwed up that Latinx casts the language spoken by the people it describes as problematic and then attempts to rectify it with a word that only makes sense in an Anglophone context. That's, that's some fancy words saying... A bunch of educated white people telling brown people their language sucks, and here's how to fix it in the name of enlightenment.
0: Yeah, that's just, a, that. That is a very, very good point.
4: Just beautiful. And Jack, you mentioned NPR in a related story. NPR, to the extent that it had any journalistic standards whatsoever, have abandoned them. They have revoked the rule that prevented their reporters from taking public positions on controversial or polarizing political issues or participating in politically themed demonstrations. Their old policy, which is very old school journalist, was, look, we're, we're the referees here we get all sides we report the facts the best as we can find them and so you can't be out there actively campaigning for one thing or another it's bad luck well they have rescinded those rules they've loosened their ethics policy and now say you can do anything you want um you can demonstrate to uh, you can be openly identified in the public as a as a advocate of this that or the other and just keep on reporting which is not a shock it's I think it's a measure of how far we've gone down this road that they're willing to do that publicly. You know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's like bringing your lover home to dinner. I mean, it's just... (laughs) Wow. You're no longer even... That would be a bad move. You're no longer... That'd be an uncomfortable one, uh, 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 Mr. Romney. Um, You're no longer even pretending that there's any sort of restraint. Beautiful. NPR, you're a joke. Why are you getting my tax money? Huh? Quit saying Latinx.
0: Nobody was supposed to talk at what hap- about what happened at Obama's birthday party, but some pictures leaked out and some people uh, did report a little bit. And we can pass that along to you. Kind of interesting. Um, mm-hmm. Americans are willing to take pay cuts to never go into the office again, among other things we found with yet another poll. Mike Tyson doesn't want his kid to fight. Got a bunch of different things we can talk about.
4: I hope How old is Mike Tyson's ready. kid? A uh, full-on grown-up. Yeah. Oh, okay. I was going to say, if they're like seven or eight years old, I might fight them. uh... (laughs)
0: No, he's right in the prime of life. Um, uh, Our text line is 415-295-KFTC.
2: Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show.
5: The 2021 induction class wants to thank those previous inductees who gave long-winded acceptance speeches, forcing
4: us
3: to have a whopping six minutes to recap our football careers. By the time Tom Brady is inducted in his first year of eligibility in the year 2035, (laughs) he'll only have time to post his acceptance speech on his Instagram account.
4: (laughs) That is... Uh, the NFL's funniest superstar quarterback, Peyton Manning, in his uh, his uh, induction speech for the Football Hall of Fame. He's a funny, funny man. Uh, So the FAA is warning airports. You got to crack down on people getting hammered before they get on the planes. Never mind on the planes where the air waitresses are now uh, hardly letting anybody drink, mostly because people are getting drunk up and getting uh, combative about mask policy and fighting each other and the flight attendants and the rest of it, which is really no way to behave. You know, I'm old enough to remember when you used to get dressed up to fly it was like you know going into the office or whatever you'd look nice cuz you knew you were going to see and be seen but now you have jack wagons and in tank tops fighting each other just crazy apparently um with the rise in outrageous passenger behavior what the fba faa is saying to uh, the airports is uh, don't let your vendors serve liquor to go Because I guess that was becoming popular because you can't get a drink on a lot of flights these days for the reasons we're discussing. And so uh, airport uh, bars were giving people, you know, booze to go in one form or another. And the FAA has expressed its concerns as the number of passengers traveling has increased. So has the number of unruly and unsafe behavior incidents on planes and in airports. Our investigations show that alcohol often contributes to this unsafe behavior. What? Uh, and so they're trying to uh, crack down on that. They told us like three times on the last flight I was on. Remember, it is illegal to consume your own alcohol on this flight. If you have any alcohol, you must keep it packaged. Blah blah blah. You may end up duct tape duct taped to your seat and berated by your fellow passengers if you act like a jackwagon.
0: But are they only uh, are they only uh, enforcing that if you you get out of hand or,
4: yeah. Yeah, just the but the FAA says it's so widespread now. There's we've got to cut down on alcohol use throughout the uh, the the system. That's
0: no, you don't airports, airplanes. No, you don't. That doesn't make any sense.
4: No smoking crack in the cab on the way to the airport. You need to
0: cut down on the people that are acting crazy, but the people that aren't acting crazy, it weren't before and aren't going to in the future. You don't need to cut down
4: on that at all. It has nothing to do with it. Well, what do you mean by cut down, though? I mean, because they they duct tape them to seats or, or arrest them when they get where they're going, and it doesn't seem to have done any good. Because the is still on the rise.
0: My point is making it harder for normal people to drink is not going to cut down the number of people who go crazy, is it? Well, if nobody gets to drink, you won't have people who are drinking going crazy. That's right. true. But yeah. the people that the, the other people that weren't going to go nuts anyway. I was never going to need to be duct taped to a seat ever.
4: When ah, I would sounds be. like sounds like I'm working with Cheso Bodine or George <laughs> Gascon. You're decriminalizing crime. You're you're a good, California. No, the opposite. I want to emphasize the
0: crime and not the uh, the the people that aren't doing anything wrong. Mm. I hate zero tolerance policies. Uh, Sturgis Motorcycle Rally is going on in South Dakota. They're expecting seven hundred thousand this year. That's be the biggest number they've ever had. Local sheriff there um, said uh, he's been doing this for thirty one years. He's never seen this many people ever. They've issued two hundred and seven violations for open containers of alcohol since Friday. I bring this up since it's just what you were talking about. My guess would be is you got to be like really out of control before they're giving you a citation for open container because everybody there's walking around drinking openly. Yeah.
4: Yeah, that's got to be.
0: But then I came across this, which I thought was really interesting. You can't use cans or red cups. You must use the official souvenir cup purchased from the city and have a wristband. So it's a money thing. So if you're walking around with a cup that says the official 115th Sturgis or whatever it is um, uh, that you had to pay for, I'm sure, and get the wristband, you can walk around and drink, but not otherwise. So that's what it is. It's a problem. So now you
4: need a government permit. At a significant cost to ingest beverages, to pour liquids down your throat, or else you're not allowed to. What the frig is that? It's a money grab is what it is. Well, yeah, and I get maybe there are some some pretty serious costs involved in in hosting that. I get that. But just the the idea that uh, you can't drink anything. I mean, water, Coca-Cola. Whiskey, whatever, unless you pay the government a fee. I went to Sturgis. That's, that's freaking obscene.
0: I went to Sturgis in ninety eight, and I was only there for like a day. The being there, I didn't find that enjoyable. I liked the ride there and back. I rode forty eight hundred miles round trip on a motorcycle, which is a long ride. But the being there, eh? I only need to stand around and get drunk with people for so long. I got other things to do. You didn't enjoy the rallying. Nah, the rallying part's not as much fun as the riding. A lot of people bring the motorcycles there on a trailer and park them and
1: never ride a motorcycle at all. Huh.
2: Armstrong and Getty.
0: Looking at our list of clips to play, and I asked for one from Michael and said, I don't have that on my list, so what are you going to do then? I don't know what you're going to do. We'll get to that next segment, maybe a little about the infrastructure bill and some of the commentary over the weekend about it. Now, the Democrats have unveiled their three-point-something-trillion-dollar deal today. That's the human infrastructure plan from uh, the House. The Nancy Pelosi says the Senate has to pass before she'll be willing to even take it up as a vote for the so-called real infrastructure plan that is actually only 23 percent real infrastructure. So um, the uh, amount of money we're starting to spend is uh, you'd you'd certainly hope would get somebody's attention at some point. But anyway, more on that next segment. Um, I don't hear Joe 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 standing right here
4: talking. What are you trying to you trying to silence me, Michael? I'm yeah. sorry about that. Yeah. yeah. we'll have a word after this segment. And by <laughs> a word, I mean slapping. <laughs> I was saying, Jack, we got to come up with our own term for the 3.5 trillion dollar what's its thing. I mean, cuz it's not infrastructure, it's francification or the socialism bill or whatever.
0: Yeah. Uh Hill Jack, speaking of terms, a buddy of mine said that's popular in his crowd. What a hill, Jack. I don't know. It's got a good sound to it. Kind of like it. That's just mystifying to me. Something you can say out loud in public, but, you know. Just means idiot, rube. Um, Before we get to some of the, yeah, exactly. Uh, Before we get to some of the Olympic ratings, which were all times low, we'll put them in perspective. But um, Joe brought us this Olympic Nike commercial that I had not heard.
4: Oh, yeah. The the scene is it's a young high school girl. She's got her expensive uh, shoes on. I think she may be even carrying a basketball and her books. And she's uh, going to express uh, for us uh, her beliefs and those of, of the good folks at Nike.
5: Today, I have a presentation on dynasties. But I refuse to talk about the ancient history and drama. That's just the patriarchy. Instead, I'm going to talk about a dynasty that I actually look up to. An all-women dynasty. Women of color. Gay women. Women who fight for social justice. Women with a jump shot. A dynasty that makes your favorite men's basketball, football, and baseball teams look like amateurs. A dynasty with fire braids. A dynasty with sick style. A dynasty with crazy dimes. A dynasty that makes Alexander great, look like Alexander the Okay. The dynasty that's been reigning for the past 25 years. undefeated since 96. The USA basketball women's national team, seven time consecutive gold medalist. And most importantly, women that made it possible for girls like me to feel like they can be a part of whatever dynasty they want. The greatest dynasty ever.
0: I just. All right. I don't. What? what, what
4: is it the stupidity that bothers you most, the wokeness of it, the I, I get, inaccuracy? Uh, I just don't know. I I, I I don't have a problem with the uh, the, the idea. So the women's
0: um, uh, basketball team won their seventh straight gold medal. I don't mind pointing mm-hmm. out that, hey, you know, men's basketball gets a lot of attention. We won seven in a row, though. Seven in a row. That's how dominant we are in that sport. But the idea that I'm not going to study dynasties in high school, I'm only going to study about women, particularly women of color, winning sports is just... It just seems like too much to me for us. Yeah,
4: not the formation of Western civilization, but instead of basketball team. There's the whole, they make your favorite men's team look like amateurs. Uh The 65th team in the NCAA tournament could run them off the court. I mean, it's just, and, and I take no joy in saying that. It's not men are better than women. They're just bigger, faster, and stronger. Everybody knows that. So that's just an idiotic thing to say. Speaking of which, Nike's
0: CEO was asked uh, last week. Why not speak out more on China's human rights abuses when it is so out front on societal issues here in the United States? And CEO John Donahoe said, China's a very important market for us. We have a long-term history in China. We take a very long-term view with China. We'll continue to invest in China while also operating a very responsible global supply chain. That was a, <sighs> uh, a word salad, which I should eat more of, so I uh, could cut down on my weight a little bit. But um, that's a, regular. that's a word salad saying... We make a lot of money off of China, and uh, that would hurt us making money off of China, so uh, we're just going to ignore it.
4: And the Uyghurs buy practically no sportswear, so they're not really a concern. And the cheap cotton out of Xinjiang region, region, because of the slavery, I tell you what, that's really upped our margins here at Nike. So, yes, lectures at home, slaves overseas. Nike.
0: So is that why fewer people watch the Olympics? I don't know. It could contribute to it. We we're talking about it's the lowest ratings in the, ever for modern Olympics. I mean, very few people watched the Greek games on television in the year 50. <laughs> almost but, none. Almost, almost none. But uh, down 51% overall after two weeks of the Olympics. Overall down 51%. That's quite a slide. Moving down. Individual days. Last Saturday's audience of 14.9 million ranked as the lowest ever, breaking the record of the Wednesday before that. Um, But to put this in some sort of perspective, which they do here, and I appreciate, um, everything is down. All entertainment is down across the board, all kinds of different ways, particularly television, but in all kinds of different ways. And uh, they make the argument then, uh, blah, 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 blah. For instance, the Thursday night Olympics coverage nearly doubled the pro football uh, game on Fox, which averaged 7 million. Anytime you beat NFL football, no matter what the circumstances, that's a pretty strong showing. Uh, an overall audience of about 16.8 million viewers, the Olympics are on pace to join NBC's Sunday Night Football as the two most popular TV programs of the season. So <laughs> even with those low ratings, for what we do now with television, it was pretty high. People just. We're just way more fractured than we used to be, which is a headline, nobody. Um, But to give you an idea how much it's dropped off, the Olympics did beat NFL football by 6 million viewers on Thursday. But if you go back to the 2012, so it won by 6 million on Thursday. But if you go back to 2012, the Olympics won against the same game by 29 million viewers. Hmm. So 6 million this weekend, you go back to 2012, it was 29 million. So just a giant drop-off in general of watching television, no matter how you count it.
4: Yeah, I'm a little confused. Is the NFL going on right now? It beat the NFL games? A Hall of Fame game, yeah. Oh, oh, oh.
0: But oh. well, 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 it's, it's an apples-to-apples comparison. It's the yep. same thing from 2012, in which it killed it by 30 million viewers. Almost 30 million. Yeah. Beat it by well, 6 I,
4: million this past weekend. You didn't watch much Olympics at all, did you?
0: I watched the opening, well, a lot of it's got to do with my weird life circumstance right now. I, yeah. I would have watched more if, uh, if, uh, Sam had been around, but I watched the opening ceremonies and then not another second.
4: Oh yeah. Then I watched see one of it. second of it. Judy and I watched it, enjoyed it. Not as much as years past. And when I found out that Saturday night was it, I thought, oh, okay. Whereas in the past, I was just I was sad when the Olympics were yep. over because I was enjoying yep. it so much. My
0: life history of watching the Olympics is that every single night, just turning it on and, and watching whatever they gave me mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and, and logging several hours. And I always remember at the end of it, it was like, wow, what, what did I do before the Olympics? It's hard to remember how to get back to regular life where I didn't come home and watch several hours of Olympics every night. But no, nope, I didn't do that, and neither did a lot of other people. A 50% drop off all of a sudden is really quite extraordinary. But,
4: yeah yeah I would say
0: uh but uh, they say for the future they expect uh, the games are gonna go more with this p- pay-per-view sort of way where you'll pay 499 for a particular sport on a particular channel rather than now, feeding it to everybody
4: if I could get like a full Olympic package for a reasonable price I got your Olympic package oh boy um 10 bucks even 15 bucks to like have unlimited streaming of all the events and I'd get a schedule I'd do that I would pay for that. I, I don't need Bryant Gumbel or whoever, it had, Mike Tarico curating it for me, really. I, I'd rather flip around and watch different stuff.
0: Here's one angle of it that could be true, certainly. Uh, in years past when I'd watched the Olympics, sort of the um, um, the, the shared experience, because that's a lot of fun with TV shows back in the day, was the community experience. I remember coming in, big TV shows, you'd come in the next day, and everybody would talk about The Sopranos or Seinfeld or you know, Knotts Landing or Dynasty or however far, far back you want to go, but whatever episode they watched. And it was just a community experience. Ain't nobody at work to talk about the Olympics with. There's nobody around.
4: <laughs> right, right. Oh, You know, somewhere around here, I've got this article from the Wall Street Journal talking about how all of the plans announced about uh, time to come back to work. Everybody's coming back. You need to be back in the office. But, but everything's reversed because of the Delta variant now. So nobody yeah, knows know. what to do. I Nobody's know sure.
0: a couple of organizations I'm involved with. We had started to like going back to the old days of uh, meeting in person and regular schedule. Now, 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 too soon. Now it's going back the other direction again. Very frustrating. Son of a really sucks for the it. whole school thing too. Oh my god! Yeah, I can't
4: even imagine the kids. At least for now, everybody's talking about back in person with masks, right?
0: Well, not if it's uh, Florida or Texas, maybe.
4: Oh, they—they're saying without masks. Still,
0: they still are. They're sticking with. Yeah.
4: That. Yeah. Well, yeah, We'll see how that goes. I know the governor of uh, Arkansas. Yep. Asa Hutchinson. Yep. He said he regretted signing that law and would like to undo it. Yep. The anti anti uh, mandate anti-mandate thing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, um, uh, but DeSantis in Florida and Abbott in Texas are sticking with the the, the no masks thing and. I don't know. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure it fits with the reality on the ground. Yeah, but, I, well, I, I, like, I, like the, I like better the idea of we're not going to mandate masks statewide, but you do what you want to locally. I think that makes more sense than a blanket. You cannot have a mask mandate in your school district, even if parents may want it.
4: Yeah, th- that strikes me as excessive, and I'm, uh, I'm no fan of government mandates of any sort, really. But that just, that, that removes flexibility, Mm -hmm. I guess. Uh, but you know, some of you agree, some of you disagree. I had an interesting conversation with a doctor about the cloth masks, and he said, I really don't think they do any good. Unless you're wearing an N95, you're probably wasting your time. On the Delta? I said, yeah, yeah. In particular, yeah. But I said, don't you think they help contain droplets, though? As people are speaking, because spittle flies out of the mouth, he said, no, I don't really think so. I happen to disagree with him. Having had that weird formative experience where I, a friend of mine was, was talking animatedly and the sun was setting right behind him and I was astounded at all the droplets that came out of his mouth and people talking to him. It speaking was moistly. Yes, Mr. Prime Minister. It was a, a really unique lighting and I could see how much spittle flies around in the air.
0: It does seem like it'd have to be better than nothing.
4: Yeah, I would agree. But maybe it's just
0: barely better than nothing.
4: Yeah, yeah. Well, there are interesting developments in Saudi Arabia. I don't know if you're into the the foreign policy like we are, but remember 17 of the 20 hijackers came from Saudi Arabia. Is that right? 17, Jack? Yep. Yeah. And uh and the uneasy relationship between the Saudi regime and the fundamentalist uh, lunatics in the hinterlands is really really interesting. Well that equation has changed significantly. I want to tell you about that in a minute.
0: And I've got the poll on us uh, so uh I forgot to get to this. The number of people who would be willing to take pay cuts to never go into the office again and a whole bunch of other things that they ask what you'd be willing to give up to not have to go into the office again well y'all really hate going to the office a lot of
4: you well if you're willing to take a hundred percent pay cut you don't have to go into the office anymore <laughs>
0: that's, ever that's true right? they really have they really have no <laughs>
1: ruling over you whatsoever right um, all that on the way
2: armstrong and getty The Armstrong
0: and Getty Show. Next hour of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Next hour always sounds like the good hour, doesn't it? Um,
4: grass, greener, fences. So.
0: <laughs> uh, Bill Maher taking on young people. What you'd will be willing to give up for a cut and pay uh, at your work, including um, uh, staying home, among other things. So stick around.
4: So if you follow the Arab world at all, you're familiar with the fact that the Saudi regime holds power, but they share it really with the fundamentalist Muslim clerics who kind of keep the uh, countryside uh, in line. And uh, it's an uneasy balance in power. It's pretty well known that the, uh, that elements within the Saudi government probably supported the 9-11 hijackers. Uh, but since they're a, a valuable ally in the Middle East, we haven't made that big deal of it as a country, uh, which is unfortunate. But this is an interesting story. It seems to be one thing, then you realize it's another. Here's 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 what it seems like. In the last couple of months, the Saudi government has made a bunch of significant changes. They barred the use of loudspeakers to amplify prayers and sermons at mosques, ordered that the volume of the traditional call to prayer, which echoes across the kingdom five times a day, be turned down by two-thirds. Turn that down! And then when a little-known religious leader penned an online article criticizing the decision of the Ministry of Islamic Affairs, he was arrested. And his once-active Twitter account went silence. Silent, rather. Then last month, the head of the federation representing Saudi businesses announced that shops, restaurants, and other enterprises would be allowed to remain open during prayer time. Wow. It's a major development in a country where businesses, and I did not know this, had to close five times a day. For the prayers. And up until, like, last week, they were still doing that. Wow, yeah. that's something. Those days of inconvenience are now over, wrote an article in the English-language Arab News. So, obviously, MBS, the richest man on Earth, except for Vladimir Putin, probably, is is liberalizing Saudi Arabia, and soon it will be a fine place to live, work, and shop. Or they think he's just trying to consolidate power and try to yank it away from... Uh, the Islamic scholars. He, anybody who challenges him in any way, he finds a way to weaken or jail. And they mentioned this piece in that's uh, the Wapo that uh, you're you're equally likely to get arrested whether you're a liberal critic of the regime or a hyper conservative critic. He'll just arrest anybody who criticizes him. So it's not quite as encouraging as it sounds that that fundamentalist Islamic country is is liberalizing a little bit. Although I suppose so. He's just a straight up dictator, right? Yeah, exactly. He's just trying to undermine other people's power. But, you know, if he was going to, I mean, if I had my choice of things he could do while being a straight-up dictator, this is a pretty good one. Sure. We can fundamentalist Islam in Saudi Arabia. Why not? Given its rather troubled history. Well, be interesting to watch. How old the dude is he? He's pretty young, right? Yeah, I'm,
0: uh, I'm going to guess 38. Somebody look it up. How old yeah, is MBS?
4: he got several uh, decades of dictating in Al- front of him.
0: Alex in the newsroom or somebody. Look it up. How old is MBS? Nope. He looks
4: healthier than fathead up in North Korea, too, because they're contemporaries. 35. What did I guess? 38. Oh, I always overguess
0: the ages of Saudi dictators. <laughs> he's 35. Wow, that is young, boy. especially by U.S. leadership standards.
4: Yeah, yeah. Well, remember, what was it, a year or two ago? He rounded up like uh, all the princes and and stowed them in a hotel and told them, come correct or you'll get separated from your head. So Biden was 43 when he was born. That's astounding. We get it. Biden's old. Very, very old. We, we, We get it.
0: I don't know. You can't make those comparisons enough for me to just like, wow. You're right. That's crazy. Right. When he was an infant, a
4: little baby.
0: So my brother, who's a giant Rolling Stones fan, uh, he he texted me yesterday. He said the Rolling Stones are finally too old, that Charlie Watts is not going to drum on this tour.
4: Yeah. Did you hear that? Yeah, he had because, some sort of health problem.
0: Because they're uh, they're Joe Biden's age. Yeah. They're all Joe Biden's age. That's how old Joe Biden is. Like, you can't drum for
4: your band anymore, old. Yeah, so you got Mick, Mick, Keith, and the uh, Woody Ron Wood, which is still cool. I mean, they're still a great band. Steve Jordan's a great drummer, but how many do you need to continue? Like Grateful Dead, you know, they lost the guy,
0: but they're they're making more money than they've ever made ever, and they sound fantastic, and are and are great. Yeah, you know, if, if honestly, if you have Mick
4: and Keith, that's enough.
0: I I would think Stones. so. I would think so. I I I've never gone to see him and I probably never will, but. I mean, I like the Rolling Stones. If I could see them in 1975, I would pay a lot. But
4: I'm, yeah. I'm not so much going to now. But you're right. You go yeah. to some football stadium to watch 80 year olds hammer away. Yeah, I know.
0: The drummer they brought in, Steve Jordan, who's the original drummer from the David Letterman band and a legendary session drummer. Um, yeah. he's 64. I was just he told So to yeah, he's the kid now. Let's bring in some oh young God. kid who's 64 years old.
4: <laughs> Honey, it's our youth injection. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Jordan, of course, the uh, drummer for the expensive winos as well. Keith's side group, if you're a, a big Stones fan. There you go. Um,
0: so what was our point? Our point was Joe Biden is old. That was the whole point <laughs> of that. He's as old as the Rolling Stones who can barely do their thing anymore.
4: Oh, boy. Oh,
0: boy. Garth Brooks packed him in at Arrowhead in Kansas City, largest crowd they've ever had. Garth would still be top of his powers, but like Rolling Stones? <sighs> You're just going to say you saw him, aren't you? I think pretty much, yeah.
2: Armstrong and Getty.